For those who remember. For those who will never forget. And for a whole new generation who will experience it for the very first time. The Star Wars Trilogy. Welcome to the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. It is August 23rd, 2018, and we're talking Star Wars Resistance, some Episode 9 nonsense, all sorts of neat Star Wars topics. My name is Zach Weber. Tonight, I am joined by Mark. Hello, everyone. And Zach. General Kenobi, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he's now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I I am unable to present my father's request in person, but my ship has fallen under attack, and I am afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Republic into the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see the, to the droid's safe delivery to Alderaan. This is the most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Is it Republic or Rebellion? Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> it's all right, Sam. I hate doing well, long ones. Okay, well, very crudely, um, go back and fix that, okay? I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion. See, this proves I need to do the shorter quotes. Uh, so, gentlemen, after all that nonsense, some things I just want to address. Now that we actually... Poor, poor Pork Knight now at the Knights of Vader uh, Cafe is being pushed at, out of his own booth. We have what? so many new people coming in. Poor Pork Knight is having to sit at like the children's table or in the high chair next to the, the countertop. <laughs> so, um, but no, one of the things that was kind of brought up in our last episode about... Not last episode, two weeks ago... Was uh, the name of the podcast, and when we changed it, it seems that most of our active listeners came on board when we were the Knights of Vader podcast. Yet they went back and like binged listened to our first few episodes. Um, I'm sorry. Was, yes. Um, first of all, Zenger was not here for like the first like 15 episodes, and secondly, there's not a lot in the first few episodes, or I guess during these Star Wars junk episodes that are super duper important. Uh, like any sort of podcast, and I would imagine Zanger can attest to this, the, few, the first few episodes are always the roughest oh for any God. new podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I think the only episodes that you really need to go back and listen to are probably the ones that have some sort of like guest host. Those are usually the most interesting because we get some sort of like different opinion, whether it be like our Star Tours episode or our Galaxy's Edge episode. Typically, the episodes where we have a guest host are, are the most interesting uh, you can go back and listen to, but just be ex- just expect that you're not going to get the best quality, or um, it's going to be even lesser quality than we're known for now. So, like, what do you do? Subtract like five from like two, and you have what the episodes were back then. Secondly, uh, we I think we Zenger and I hinted. Oh no, it's not that episode's coming out after this one, so it's going to be a great time jump. Mark, would you like to announce what you recently purchased? I recently got the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon on eBay. So I finally caved in and decided, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. Maybe I can get it at a a discount. And so I put in the bid, 
I was actually on my road trip to Michigan on the day that the um, the last day of bidding happened. I got I get an email saying no an alert saying that you know bidding will end soon. I was like, oh crap! And I decided to pretty much kind of go all in, and I ended up winning it. Ninety something dollars plus some like eleven dollars for like shipping. I have not opened the box yet to start building it, but I have it. I I, I thank all the fans for. You know, really pushing me to, uh, you know, get the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. I, I didn't think I was going to get it. I never thought I was. I was like, I ain't getting that. I got other things in mind, you know, um, which I still kind of do have in mind. But, you know, we'll see when that happens. But the opportunity came for this one. So I, I thank Zach, actually, for... No, who was it? Was it, it was no, Pork it was Knight. Pork Knight. Yeah, Don't thank Pork, me. Thank Pork Knight. Yeah, thank Pork Knight for, for you know, letting me give me me awareness of this ebay listing because if it wasn't for him i would not have gotten the kessel run millennium falcon at this price that i got so see folks yeah. fan boycott to do work Pork knight boycotted the show so hard that he forced mark to do it he wrote to his congressman he called mark i'm pretty sure at one point Pork knight had a boombox outside mark's house he was holding it above his head at all times of the night with the solo theme song playing and eventually mark caved to the pressure so Bravo, Pork Knight. The Knights of Vader salute you. Yes. But here's the million but here's the million dollar question though. All right. What happened to the Lego Maternity Ward set? <laughs> Everybody's dying to know. A is, is it real? And B, what are you getting it too? Is the Lego Millennium Falcon going to double as the maternity ward in the Lego City? Well, please fill us into the status of the Lego Maternity Ward set. Well, uh, to the first question, um, that's still one of those sets that I have in mind. The sub-question to that question is, you know, does it actually have a maternity ward? I think it does. I mean, I dropped a, you know, I, I posted a couple pictures in our group chat, and it looked like it kind of did. I mean, it comes with a, you know, a baby figure there with a stroller, and so it's like, it's got to be something, you know. Uh, as far as the Millennium Falcon goes, and you know the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon goes, and you know, turning, you know, put, in, you know, putting in there a maternity ward feature. Uh, I mean, I could do that with some extra Lego pieces laying around somewhere, but I'm probably not going to. Man. All right, Pork Knight, you heard him. Start the boycott up again. We gotta get this going. <laughs> but it's not movie accurate. I mean, we, you know, no, in no movie, in no Star Wars movie, do we see that there's a maternity ward. In the Millennium Falcon, and nobody actually ever gives birth in it. Well, I mean, maybe maybe Ben Solo was you know was born in the Millennium Falcon. See, at some point, but there we you don't go. Know that for sure. Yeah, well, until somebody tells us otherwise, we're just going to assume so. Now that you mention it, though, I would like to see if 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 Lego would ever do a maternity ward set of when uh, Luke and Leia were born. You know, the in the scene that Padme dies on that on that uh, meteor that they're on. That, that would be that be no the most Astro. awkward Star Wars Lego set I think ever uh, made. Yeah, that, that would be pretty awkward. What, 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 what would they call that, Mark? The death of Padme? No, they just call it a. Um, they just call it a. Uh, um, Skywalker she is, birth. Uh, she has lost the will to live. Lego set, two hundred yeah, pieces. Something you know. What's funny is that um, a, a while back, uh, the website uh, Brickset dot com. They did a couple of uh, articles of like you know uh, what new uh, Lego sets we can we can have you know so this guy pretty much uh, 
you know, go, he does an article for each movie. And, you know, he, he goes, like, scene by scene, and he describes, you know, that we can have a, we should have a Lego set for this scene being depicted, because we haven't seen one. Or, you know, we need a new updated one of this scene, you know, because this one's kind of old and this and that. And for this part, on, on, on for Revenge of the Sith, when he mentions a scene about, you know, Parliament dying, it's like, yeah, I don't think we should have a set of, you know, for that. There's no action happening and stuff, so. It's childbirth. That's all the action. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I would like to see. A, I would like to have a minifigure of that alien that delivers. Though, <laughs> oh I mean, boy, hey, it could be done if they could do that one figure of that one character from the yellow submarine on that Lego Beatles uh, submarine set um, from their Lego Ideas line. They could do something like that too with this. Jeremy movie. Hillary Boob Fudd. Yeah, I think that's who that is. I don't. Um, Mark, that's a great tie-in because on the Cinemodies, we'll be talking about Yellow Submarine soon. Ooh, nice. Pretty sure uh, a, the Monday after this goes out, we'll be talking about the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. So check that out if you're listening to it in sometime in September. Yeah, shameless plug. Singer, do you have any thoughts on Lego Maternity Wards and Kessel Run Millennium Falcons? Um, just looking up prices going for right now for Gifts Ungiven and Past in Flames. I don't know what that is. So, oh, I'm looking up magic stuff because this conversation was so insightful for me and touched me so deeply that I had to go do something else to pry myself away from the experience I was having. Yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> Disenfranchise the listeners, folks. That's what this podcast's original <laughs> name was, too. All right. And lastly, before we get into tonight's topics, um, this is a fun one. Uh, a few days ago, something was going on on Twitter. There was something like, there was a hashtag like, how not to parent in five words or less. And I tweeted with the gif of Darth Vader cutting off Luke's hand on Bespin of don't cut off your kid's hands or whatever it was. And Twitter banned us for like 12 hours for this. <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly, yeah. You didn't, hear, you didn't hear Mark and I complaining about this? No. No, what I did was like, like it was like, don't. Like, like how not to parent in five words or less and I got the gif of Empire Strikes Back and I wrote don't cut off their hands and Twitter banned us for 12 hours because of it <laughs> uh-huh. Which I, yeah. I, Mark, and Mark and I spent like the entire like Saturday afternoon trying to figure out how that got us banned <laughs> we're, like, we're like well obviously hand cutting off must be like a taboo subject with Twitter apparently well, yeah, we couldn't figure out why because we weren't told what because we weren't for, the weird thing was we weren't forced to delete it like, we kept trying to figure out, like, how do we get in trouble for something? And then, like, I contacted them. I'm like, what? why are you doing this to us? And they never got back to me. So just to let you know, folks, uh, Knights of Vader is being shadow banned in police. So um, we are right next to Alex Jones in the, uh, in the unfair treatment on Twitter. So you have Alex Jones, and right next to him is Knights of Vader. So Tw- Twitter's uh, lack of... Uh transparency is really terrible it's like real appalling and uh <clears throat> yeah they don't tell you what they do it what, what they do it for and then they don't even you know you try to ask them and they don't get back to you it's like uh, it's just so bad i think their algorithms must be set pretty sensitive or something i don't know that's why we got that 12 hour suspension another twitter mystery but all right moving on to to star wars topics so today we had set photos from episode nine leak. These re- didn't really set the internet ablaze, but within like 
the stuff, the pockets of the Star Wars fandom on Twitter. It did get people's attention. Uh, the photos, not mine. Uh, I didn't even know about them until you guys told me. No, Zenger did not know about them. To be fair, Zenger doesn't really pay attention to these things at the same level that Mark and I do. I, I do once I'm told to. Yes, and that's, or once that's, or once it has ignited enough things on flames, I'm like, wait yeah. a second. Well, knowing is half the battle. Yes, GI Joe. GI Joe. Um, but no, the photos. Uh, I people were claiming these were massive, massive spoilers. I, I think we all come it was to the a horse. <laughs> don't say that. You might just ruin the movie for someone. They um, they don't know that there's horses that have CG CG'd over them. I. I you're ruining even more of the movie. There's going to be some person now that's going to rip their earphones out of their, their phone and throw the phone across the room because of this. We oh, just lost should, like a should subscriber. I, should I not tell him that Banthas are just elephants? Not, not, folks, now he's just ruining your childhood. Yes. Next you're, me, next you're going to tell me Jar Jar was played by an actor that wasn't a real Gungan. That is actually true. Though they did genetically try to engineer Gungan, but it was not as annoying as they wanted it to be, so they had to go with an actor instead. <laughs> Lucas was like, I, I just don't find him enjoyable enough. Is there any way we could amp that up a little bit more? Oh, George, we could try to make him more annoying. Yes, yes, do that. Oh man, we're just burning subscribers left and right now. After the prelude to this episode, now this. Oh jeez. Ha so yeah, so these pictures basically it's like a a oh god, it looks like almost like a, a mountainside or some sort of like like a grasslands almost. I don't know how to really describe it. Like Zenger said, there's like horses with like little CGI markers on them, but they're like really hairy. So like, I'm they're assuming like, there's some creature. Oh, oh my gosh, is it the creature that Yoda was riding in the in Clone Wars, not the Clone Wars, Clone Wars in that opening thing? That could be cool. Yes, I don't that think could so. Be. Oh, I mean, that thing, only, that thing uh, it's like two legs. It, it only like walks You can on digitally legs. remove the legs. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Yeah, but okay, so this is described before we get into the actual uh, meat of the photos. It's essentially Poe Dameron, Finn, Naomi Aki, whose character we still don't know, Chewbacca, uh, two, two horses, and then one guy's on a horse, another guy's standing next to the horse. And it's just a bunch of just different photos. Obviously, it's with somebody like taking a picture with their like cell phone, like in their pants or like hidden in their hat. So they're not the best pictures in the world. They're kind of like blurry, and there's really no definition to them. But according to uh, Star Wars Twitter, this was massive. That and if you saw these pictures, you, Episode Nine was ruined for you. So um, after we just described, you don't want to go see Episode Nine. We apologize. But no, like Zenger brought up though. Um, well, first, guys, what do you think of these pictures? Uh, do they do anything for you? Indifferent thoughts. There's a guy in military fatigues in the bottom corner of one of them. I'm assuming whoever took these photos was shot. No, no, go, no, go, go ahead. <laughs> well, it seems like, considering these are still online, it seems Lucasfilm doesn't really care about them. Which means they've already written off um, episode nine as something that's ruined. Oh, so just like Solo, they just they just said Sayonara to like $300 million? Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't really think there's anything spoilerish with this. I mean, You're not looking hard enough. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm looking and like... You need to stare into it. That. Yeah, I see, you know, Finn, Poe, Finn with his new do. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a spoiler. We get to see what Finn's hair looks like. Uh, I'm surprised you blurted that out without warning people. Good guy. I know. Oh, what, was that, what, what was that actress's name you just mentioned? 
Naomi Aki. Is, is that the one, the uh, African-American girl with a cape? Looks like a cape. I, maybe, I gotta look through again. Well, one thing about this is that it doesn't really... like Looking at these images, and who knows what sort of CGI digital trickery or color corrections they'll do this, but nothing about this like screams Star Wars to me. Like this looks, it looks more like like Wakanda than yeah. it does like Star Wars. And I also noticed a distinct lack of porgs in this, so I'm assuming they'll be digitally put in later. Porgs galore. Yes. Oh, are these going to be fat ears again? We, we can only hope they're going to be fat ears, Mark. And Rose takes the the saddle off one and goes. Now it was worth it. <laughs> Poor Kelly Marie Tran. Now Kelly Marie Tran's cool. Uh, no, that's another thing that happened this week. Kelly Marie Tran made a statement to like the New York Times, but I, I yep. th- doesn't really need. I think it's just kind of self-explanatory. Very nice piece too, and uh, yeah, at least she's uh, you know come out and saying that she's not gonna let this stuff phase her. I don't see Kelly Marie Tran in these pictures, uh, but as far as the pictures themselves, I I don't see anything that's spoilerish on here. I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I I just don't see it. Uh, maybe like the land itself. I mean, it looks like yeah, you know, kind of Game of Thrones like. I guess. I mean, well, that's that's one thing that's kind of like not upsetting me with this, but like nothing in this picture screams Star Wars. Like it wasn't for Chewbacca I, being there. There's no, it just looks like generic action adventure, which is I, why I wasn't thrilled with the Force Awakens. Gotcha. Gosh, I, I I think and, and this is just my opinion. Don't, don't take it the wrong way, but I think we got to get out of this. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like Star Wars type of mindset because I think Star Wars is a big universe. So, you, you know, it, there's going to be all sorts of types of lands there um, in in the Star Wars universe. So there could be one that looks like, you know, this here. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, you you may say well, it doesn't look like Star Wars, but well, okay, I, don't mean, I don't mean Star Wars. I mean, like, it doesn't look like fantasy. It looks like a plane somewhere. Like, think about it. You go back to the original trilogy, and you have all these different, like, locations. They're all exotic and foreign. And it's like, oh, like, you take uh, Tatooine. It's like, oh, it's a desert. Like, that's the most, like, boring thing ever. You have, like, all these weird, like, moisture evaporators. And you have, like, these, like, uh, like homesteads. And you have, like, again, there's certain stuff that kind of just built. Like, you have the sand crawler. You have the skeletal remains of the crate, uh, yeah, crate dragon. You have things that build it up. And yet with this, there's, like, no, I, I, and this is where I don't know if people are going to say they're going to do, uh, like, Zenger was saying, digital CGI set decoration, decorating. But it's, like, there's nothing. It looks like Wakanda. Like, it just, it, you get that vibe from it where I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying, like, it just looks so muted. It's, there's nothing fantastic about it. I don't mean Star. I'm not expecting for it to be there a Tauntaun in the background or a land speeder. I want something. I want science fiction from it. I want it to look fantasy. And having a bunch of characters riding horses. I like even think back to Tauntauns. Like I, I was watching. Um, Grace Randolph did a video about this, and she had some good points. Even though I don't agree with her on her uh, spoilers and leak stuff. But like she's like think of like the like like take Empire and like the Tauntauns. The Tauntauns are like are on screen for what? Less than like two minutes. Yet they are so iconic in just how they walk, how they move, the sounds they make. And in this, we're getting horses. We're getting CGI altered horses. 
And it's like, again, lack of imagination. And again, and that's the thing that scares me about J.J. Abrams. And we'll get, I guess, I, I rewatched Mission Impossible 3 a couple weeks ago. And oh dear lord, that film has not aged well at all. And it's just, I, I guess, we'll get into it. In the coming months until episode 9 comes out, I will certainly complain more and more about him and how he scares me as a filmmaker. Worse than the Madman, folks. Like at this point, folks, I know if you do go back and listen to some of the Star Wars junk episodes, you'll hear me complain about Colin Madman Trevorrow. Now, oh my lord, I would give my I would give my left arm to hear his script tri- treatment. But uh, but no, like I said, this image does not inspire anything positive in me. It makes the movie look bland, and that's the the the, the worst fate I can imagine for Star Wars. I must have bored Zenger again. No, no, no. I just I got nothing to say on these. There's nothing much to them. I'm just kind of like they're there. It's there. I don't see how these are major spoilers. Well, the weird thing is that like, where are they? Do we know where they're filming this? Yeah, Somewhere so. cold. Somewhere New Zealand. Uh, can't be too cold because it's everybody's wearing like short sleeves. Oh, how some well, people wearing jackets? Uh, I don't know. Well, because Mark even brought up a good point too, is that you notice it's obviously um, it's Finn, Poe, Naomi Aki, Chewbacca, but there's nobody else. There's no Ray. There's no. That's because they're somewhere else doing something. Well, you think there'd be stormtroopers nearby? Never. Stormtroopers don't exist. It's obvious that the we did lose the Finn Poe jacket. That must still be on the supremacy somewhere. Because Finn is wearing a, a vest now. <sighs> Justice for Finn the Finn Poe jacket. Yes. It got it got cut in half and Poe stapled it back together. And just Finn just left it casually on the supremacy. Like, come on, man. He should have been going back for that before him and Rose went on the uh, First Order shuttle. Dang Not right. Cool. I want more content before I start babbling at the, out the mouth. I just don't see anything here that's like very groundbreaking, <laughs> earth-shattering. Yeah, it was like uh, I don't know. We saw a picture with the Yoda puppet or something, or yeah, we see a picture with the Snoke puppet. You know, actually, you know, actually, if you kind of like zoom in like really closely, you can see something written in the high grass. I think it says, "Whoa!" It <laughs> says, "Wait, Ray, Ray is a Olo." Whoa! Oh. Whoa, oh, Zenger, do you see it too? It says Ray is a solo. Is that confirmation? Quick, quick someone get Mike yeah. Zero on the phone. We have a scoop for him to uncover. All right, so nobody wants to talk about this anymore. You know, I could go off ranting about Jar Jar Abrams. We're going to move on to Star Wars Resistance. Clearly, this is going to be a very uh, short episode of the Knights of Vader podcast. So, gentlemen, the Star Wars Resistance trailer came out last week. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I wasn't even aware of this until I clicked on it today. But it is, it has a, oh lord, like a 57,000 downward vote, like lead compared to upvotes. It has 10,000 upvotes and 67,000 downvotes. With that being said, do you, did you like the look of Star Wars Resistance? Yay or nay? Allow me to be the hateful person if no one else will be. This, if if you did not show... Actually, you know what? I, I enjoy BB-8, but if you didn't show that brief, like, two frames of a stormtrooper, you could have put... You could have just called this resistance. I would have never known it had anything to do with Star Wars. None of the ships look like Star Wars. 
None of the stuff looks like Star Wars. It just looks like just hot garbage put up on a screen. And I am not very excited about this, but somehow in the end, I'm sure I'll go love and enjoy this. Maybe. I don't know. When the show ends with um, only half the story arcs completed and then six years later it'll be picked up and everything will be resolved? No, this no, th- is, is this one being done by him too? Everything animated is done by, by Cowboy God Hat. dang it! Well, the... There's a rumor going around that Cowboy Hat Man only got this kind of like off the ground and walked away from it. That's the rumor going around. I have no idea how true it is. Uh, as far as my opinion on this, I mean, it just seemed, uh, it was kind of like, like what you said. That it, was, it felt like a combination of, what were those two things again? Uh, I said when I first saw it, it looked like a combination of Tron Uprising, uh, the show that Disney XD, after like the first like 10 episodes dumped it like they aired it like mondays at midnight and planes which was the direct-to-dvd like cars spinoff that got bumped up to a theatrical release yeah it kind of reminds me of that it looks like it's gonna be something yeah pretty targeted to kids um you know i know a lot of people said that um Rebels seem like very, you know, much targeted for kids, but this is certainly more so, in my opinion. It could be wrong, or it could be that, you know, it gets a little bit more mature as time goes on. Who knows, but it just kind of feels that way from the first impression. Uh, yeah, it's definitely... I don't know if I want to say it looks too kiddie-oriented. I think the animations kind of um, makes it look that way, because it's very cheap animation. It, it's it's much more computer heavy than it is anything else we've seen. Even though, like, obviously, you have stuff like Clone Wars, Rebels, and even the 2003 series that had some level of a uh, computer animation in it. This just is very it hits you over the head with. <laughs> yes, the Superior series, the gold standard when it comes to Star Wars cartoons. Everything will be judged by this and be left wanting. <laughs> Look forward to our Star Wars Star Wars Resistance review coming out sometime in October from Zenger. <laughs> just be me yelling. Yes, uh, they hear Zenger say, "I have no more say for it. It's just there. It's just a thing." Uh, but no, I'll, like I said, I'll just compare it to just the the Clone Wars series, the original one, and just be like, "This was so much better." Why do you hate good stuff, Star Wars? I think the animation style is definitely not doing the show any favors, especially with uh, people. On the internet because it is a it's unusual like again Tron and I think I forget where I read though but I'm pretty sure that's the same people who worked on Tron Uprising are the same ones that are working on this. This looks like animation. a step above reboot. Does, what does that, that mean? Is that not no, what's that? No one remembers the reboot show. Like when you restart your computer. Oh damn it! God. Okay, give me a second. Oh, you're gonna make me do this. Like when you like when your computer has a problem, you have to do a reboot. You're comparing this to a process that your guy's age disturbs me sometimes. Mark's closer to your age than he is to me. Oh god! Yeah, I'm thirty. I'm thirty-one right now. I'm about to be thirty-two, actually. This was reboot. I don't very, know what uh, that is that but ugly monsters. This feels very late nineties. Oh yeah, Star Wars Resistance looks better than this. It feels like a like a PlayStation One game. In a yeah, way. I can see that. I, I get the vibe. I, yeah, I, I see where he's getting at. It's just going to be playing in the background now. 
Is this like something that aired like on Fox Family? No, nah, this was on. Um, this was on Cartoon Network at a time. Oh God! Now I need to go do all this research. Yeah, like I said, I, I can definitely see where the the reboot influences is, is coming from this, but I don't think it looks too kiddy. Like compared to like, like, I know the people that are tearing this thing apart. Obviously, the downvotes on YouTube show that. And I don't like again. It's like anything. It, it looks different, which is one thing I really like about it. I love it when things just do something. I think I've stayed here. I'd rather have something different in both the animation style. Plus, like Zenger's, like the ships look different. The fact they're like on this giant like like barge in the middle, of, or like I guess like a platform in the middle. And of also, when is supposed to take place? Too. I always thought it was supposed to take place like right after like the Galactic Civil War, but apparently it's supposed to take place right before the new trilogy. Yes, it's uh, the rumor is six months before the Force Awakens. Boo! Um, also, reboot oh, yeah? aired for four seasons, forty-eight episodes. Was produced in Canada and aired on ABC from nineteen ninety-four to nineteen ninety-six. Was syndicated from nineteen ninety-six to nineteen ninety-seven. Also aired on Cartoon Network from nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand two. Cool. All Had right. A original release from September 10th of 1994 until November 30th of 2001. It does take place before The Force Awakens. If you've seen a couple spots, there is you can see our main character whose name I have no idea. I know I know they keep every once in a while I'll see like they'll list like the the characters in the new show and they're like I have no idea how to pronounce half of them. Like, oh, I'm just going to wait until I, it's kind of like what happened with Rebels. I had no idea what any of the Rebels characters were. Until I started watching it, so I'm kind of going to do it with this. Well, there's Poe. I mean, you see well, yeah. him, but... Well, well yeah, mean, he's in it. No, like, well, there you go. doesn't look like him at all. Oh, yes, it does. He's got the Poe jacket and everything. Oh, so if you wear that... So he's the only one in the universe that has that jacket. Got it. I'm guessing, because do you see anybody else with Starkiller base wearing that jacket? No, not Starkiller base. Uh, I, I, I was waiting for you to catch yourself, but I was, I was just waiting. Oh, uh, close enough. Again, I, I know the one stormtrooper we see, that's not Phasma. Somebody pointed out that Phasma's like blaster configuration does not have the finger guard on it, and that one does. I don't know. I think it'd be cool to see. Again, I, I get where people are coming. It does look like that kind of like kiddie show trope where it's like, oh, it's a bunch of like kids hanging out at like a, like a mechanic garage, and stuff happens, and they have wa- like wacky, zany adventures. Like, it does have that vibe, like, oh, they race in their spare time. Like, again, no, it definitely has a vibe to it. But, like, no, I even think it's cool better, to- they, they should point out when stuff's going on, like, in other places. Like, be sitting there and be like, oh, there was an attack on this base. Oh, do you think we should go there? Nah. Like, point out more exciting stuff happening all the time. I don't think it's going to be boring, though. It's not like the Freemaker Adventures. I um. Yeah, I don't get that vibe. Speaking of that, is that show still on? Or is it... No, I think that's done. You know, I, I just get a kitty vibe, kitty vibe from it. Though it's not as it's not as much as like the uh, the forces of destiny uh, cart- show, little clips online. Um, that I don't know. Maybe it's comparing apples to oranges with that one actually, but. Well, you know, actually, I'd like if they did like a, like a legit show, like using the Forces of Destiny an- animation. Like yeah, I know they use like you do a Star Wars thing that people might be excited about. Oh, Will you that was stop it. That that was not an internal thought. Oh, stop it! You're the reason why we can't have nice things. But like I said, I'm trying to. Say, but again, we see things like the New Republic logo in this, 
And I think there there is going to be an element of this show opening. It's going to be think about it, it's going to be really our first uh, non book media that takes place post Return of the Jedi. Well, except for the the epilogue of Rebels, which is its own thing. But uh, that's the thing I'm excited for. Like, like I said, I was definitely I wouldn't say like I'm going to be on the edge of my seat waiting for this come October seventh. It's which I'm pretty sure it debuts. But it's it's not at the same time like oh. Whatever, I, I, I remember when Rebels, like when Rebels first uh, premiered in 2014. I didn't watch it initially. I, I wait. I think I DVR'd the first like two episodes and then watched it, and I eventually got hooked on Rebels. Like I, I people got. It's interesting that that's what kind of happens with Star Wars now. And it's weird. It only happens with TV. It never happens with the books or the movies. Where like a new like TV show will be announced, everybody hates it. Watches it for like the first two seasons, despises it. Then by the third season, everybody loves it. And it's like, and it happened with the Clone Wars. It happened with Rebels. It happened. It's gonna probably happen with this. And I, I don't know. It's just this weird thing where it never happens with any other Star Wars media. No one ever complains about a comic series for like the first four issues and goes, "Oh man, I love it." Issue five, or or like like one of the movies, like, "Oh man, I really hated the first two movies in this in this trilogy, but I love that third one." It's it's the weirdest thing. I, I don't get why the fans hate Star Wars television. Like, yeah, is, is that just what happened to John Favreau's thing too? I, I think it just takes people to warm up and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, you know, like like for me, you know, like when the Clone Wars first came out, the two thousand eight series, right? I was like, that's eh, animation. I don't care for it, you know. And it wasn't until years later that people told me that you know the stories are good. You should give it a watch, so I ended up binge-watching it. I, I, now, some people may have gotten into to Clone Wars, like, a season or two later, uh, you know, from its premiere, and then they got hooked on it, you know. I wasn't one of those, but, you know, it's, but that, this, could be this, this could be said about any other type of television show as well. You know, there's some television shows that, that have slow starts. Um, you know, but this, is, this has happened three for three now. Like, Lucasfilm has done three Star Wars TV shows. We're not, we're not talking about Ewoks or droids or anything like, like that. It's like, come on. It's like you can't hate something just because it's new. Like, that's, it's like, again, it's so weird why the fan base keeps doing that. It's this bizarre mentality because it doesn't happen with anything else. Like, there's idiots out there drooling over the Episode Nine. Uh, set photos, we get a trailer for Star Wars Resistance, and it gets 60,000 downvotes. Because it doesn't look like Star Wars. But what does that mean, though? We hate Star Wars when it's too new, and we hate Star Wars when it's too derivative. It looks no different than anything else in Star Wars. You have a bunch of weird aliens and people, and they're flying ships around. That's a Star... That's, it's, to me, it's more Star Wars than the Star Wars Episode Nine set leaks photos. Uh, that, that, that is true, though. Like that's a weird thing. Like people, I remember when um when that first Force Awakens uh, teaser was and released. Also, like this in, is coming out in October. Not, Where's finish, anything else? In ep- right. episode when the episode seven trailer came out, like in November of 2014, everyone was like, "Oh man, we're getting like I forget the name of the ship." It's like, "Oh man, we're getting T seventy nine headhunters." In like Lucasfilm, or like the official Star Wars thing was like, "No, they're just they're new X wings." Everyone got mad, and it's like. Why is it a big deal? The ships aren't exactly something that are already pre-established. And I think someone even said too that I think one of the ships in this is like a Star Chaser, which is something like from, from EU Legends. 
So again, it's another reason not to get mad at this. But Zenger, what were you saying about October 7th? I was just going to say, if it's coming out that soon, and this is all we have... It's a TV show. What is there to say? You either watch or you don't. I just would would be impressed with like maybe one of the trailers, something. Well, you still got two months. Well, 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 when this originally aired, you had two months, but you have you still have over a month. Think about why would you people? Everybody has such short attention spans these days. You have move. Think about they really didn't start advertising solo until like three weeks before it came out. And we've discussed how terrible that turned out. Yes, but yeah. this is also it's also a TV show where it airs weekly. Not it's it's a weekly TV show that probably costs ten million dollars versus a three hundred million dollar film. I think this is once again the Star Wars fans being a little too picky with this. Like I said, I'm, again, I'm not. I'll admit, I'm not the most excited for this. It's like again, it's it's another. I don't want to say cynical cash grab, and and yet I don't want to say cynical cash grab. That's not the right word. Uh, or the right I'll, term. I'll give it a shot. Um, yeah, I'll give it a shot. On um, I didn't do this with Rebels. Um, <clears throat> when the first season came out, you know, I just let it pass, and then I just. I do. Oh, I bought the I bought the Blu-ray and then you know, binge watch season one. But then after that, I stuck with you know, the rest of the seasons. You know, I had to be my iTunes subscription. So look forward to our Star Wars Resistance review come October something. Hear Zenger complain. Hear Mark say Matt. Hear me go. It was better than I thought it would be. <laughs> I mean, I I want to be impressed with this, but I just don't feel like that's going to happen. But everybody said that about everything else. No one was no when they first announced Star Wars Clone Wars. No one was impressed when it was announced. When they announced Star Wars the Clone Wars, all everyone did was complain about Ahsoka. And then when Star Wars Rebels came out, all they did was complain about the kid who looked like Aladdin. It's like we've been there. It's like, I God. never, for the record, I never complained about Clone Wars. Well, because we because oh no, I wait. Never mind. Then. I did that. It was not canon anymore. All right, uh, but no one last. And like I said, there's two last things I want to talk about Star Wars Resistance. The first being that everyone's like, "Oh man, this is going to be on the Disney Channel. This must be really good." Uh, yes, the initial episode, the inaugural episode, is always aired on Disney Channel. Same thing happened with Rebels. The first like episode of Rebels was on Disney Channel, and then it gets kicked to the curb of Disney XD. If you, if you look, folks, just because it has the Disney Channel logo does not mean the series is going to be from start to finish on there. It's always the first episode gets the but, Disney Channel launch. But does the press release say that? They announced it. I forget where it was. They announced that. The, no, the press, release, the press release says it's it debuts on Disney Channel and then it goes to Disney XD. That's that's what it's it's a dis, Disney Channel doesn't air things like this. Just like I said, it does. It's going to debut gotcha. on there, but all subsequent episodes will be on XD. Plus, there's a rumor going around too. This night, considering that we're going to have the live-action series next year, on top of Episode Nine, on top of uh, all the other crap that's going to be coming out, people are thinking that maybe this is just going to be like a one-off season. Like this is going to be a one-season thing, and it's not meant to last three or four or five or six years, like. Clone Wars or Rebels did. Just an idea. I read that somewhere. Who knows if it's true or not? And uh, secondly, one thing I, I just want to point out too, like like I've already pointed out numerous times, this thing has like ten, like sixty thousand downvotes, and yet you'll have people, you'll have people complain about this. 
then you'll have the other half of the Star Wars fan base that feels they have to defend it. Like they'll say, well, you shouldn't have to sit there. And maybe I just did this right now, so forgive me. But it's they're like, well, you should sit there. You have to realize this, that these Star Wars shows grow up with their audience. Like Rebels was childish when it started. Uh, the Clone Wars was childish when it started. It grows and matures with its audience. It's like, yeah, a little bit. But Rebels Season 1 to Season 4 did not change much. The animation got better. They definitely put more money into the animation. If you go back to Rebels Season 1 look at the Wookiee episode, oh, dear Lord, that Wookiee hair, it's like, it's like uh, plywood. It's just, it's, it's, it's like a, it just sits there. It doesn't move. It's kind of like Anakin and Obi-Wan's hair in the first few seasons of The Clone Wars. Um, there, there wasn't a lot of money put behind the animation when it gets started. Or I guess maybe it's rushed. Who knows? And but again, that's just one thing that drives me nuts about the Star Wars fan base is that there's this weird sort of like lecturing that goes on where it's like one half of the fan base doesn't like it, and yet the other half that is either likes it or is indifferent toward it has to somehow or for some reason has to defend it or then lecture the other half of why they're wrong for disliking it. And if you don't like, for the record, if you don't like what Star Wars Resistance looks like, that's fine. Like you have no interest in watching it. it doesn't matter to me, but. Again, to, to deliberately go out of your way to tear something down that, that doesn't interest you, I think that's in poor taste. Just as much as lecturing people who don't like it, I, I think it's like it's one. It's like trying to. It, I think both sides are just as wrong, but from two different directions. But hey, that's just me. Feel free to hit that unsubscribe button. I look forward to uh, to our listener count going down. I just don't understand why they can't finally do a series focusing on the Empire. But do you really want another episode three to episode four story? Yeah. Okay, you're the reason why we can nice things. No, I'm just saying. I'm just that would be interesting and something a little bit different that they could do. How I mean, do you they, do an, an imperial Star Wars TV show movie without coming across like Star Trek? That is a good question. How do you do it without it making it look? And, like and Star also, Trek? you you gotta also not have it um, be. Like where it's oh well I've got to switch sides in the end. Well, yeah, you have to. You have to. Well, the problem with that too is how do you make the bad guys uh, relatable without redeeming them every five minutes? Maybe don't have them be redeeming. I mean, Game of Thrones, everyone's terrible in that. Yeah, but that's also HBO, and it's and it's not Star Wars. It's, Who's it's sitting there going, oh, you know, the Empire wasn't that bad. Think of all the Imperial characters over all Star Wars that either, like, I think about it. every Star Wars character, I'm, I'm thinking more canon, not legends, that it's an Imperial character that we focus on that eventually becomes a good guy. We have Callus from Rebels. We have, uh, what's her name? Iden Versio from Battlefront 2. Wedge. Yeah, well, he's not really a bad guy. He's just well, okay. He's he's not a. He doesn't start off as a bad guy. He's just like again, like it's like ugh. oh, Biggs. They never really explored Biggs's backstory, have they? In the canon, they mentioned that Biggs um joined the Imperial Academy, but then he's all of a sudden with the Rebels. I thought. Well, there, well a lot of them do that. Han Solo did that. Uh, yeah, there's another one. Sabine did that. There's a another lot, one. I, I know a there's lot. So many. Well, but the problem though is that they, Sabine was not introduced to us as a villain who eventually becomes a good guy, like Callus or I. Like when they were advertising Battlefront Two, it was the rebellion has hope. 
the Empire has Inferno Squad, which is again one of those eye rolling moments of oh my god. And you play as Zenger knows, you play that game, and like by like the second mission of the game, spoiler alert, she becomes a good guy. In defense, I don't even think it's the second mission. Good god, it's like five seconds into it. It's like huh, yeah. I'm questioning what I'm doing. I'm like, this is too quick. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think they're on Endor, and that's what happens. Yeah, because she's like, like the Death Star blows up, and she's like. Uh, she says again um it's kind of like that moment from the hangover part two with bradley cooper it's like again it happened again and she's like why are we doing this if they keep blowing up death stars like clearly the empire hasn't learned anything yeah you're right it might not it might not even be the second mission it might be in the first one that she starts to defect uh but no like like callus does that um you have so many like it'd be really nice and i think even have i I think i talked about that in the inferno squad book review i did from like a year ago. It's like every single time we another get another like, episode in- not to listen to. Yes, another <laughs> episode not to listen to. That was a weird one. That was like right on the edge when we were step might have the Knights of Vader name in the audio, but um I'm not entirely sure. That was a, that was right in the middle of when all that controversy was happening. Yeah, so you have a bunch of Star Wars stuff. So like no, like I in fact like I would love a Star Wars show that was kind of like an imperial version of Star Trek where you have it would a bunch be of cool. These- it would be cool, but how do you make characters that are um, supposed to be villainous? If the Empire is supposed to be evil, how do you make them relatable while them being evil still? Without like going the Game of Thrones route where like you have incest and you have decapitations every three seconds. We just have Vader come by and choke people and throw them across rooms. Well, then it becomes a Vader story. No, but he only comes in to do that when they need, I don't know. That's what okay, that's what I mean. Like I would love a story where you have the the va- like like when it, like okay, I'd love a Star Wars um TV show where you have like a like, it could be like a Wookiee occupation. Let's, let's say it's the the governor of the Kashyyyk territory, and you have this like sadistic moth who sits there like does all these horrible things to the Wookiees. And I'm not talking about like like gruesome like genetic like stuff though, but really just like think of like a. Like, I don't know though. Like, how do you? Then you went. They're basically in slavery. I thought and being forced to like build stuff. Well, okay. What I was about to say was like, oh, do Hogan's heroes, but with like Wookies. Like at that point, just give me my freaking detours. Well, I I think that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something here. I have a prediction about detours. I think considering that there's not gonna be a lot of Star Wars content. On the streaming service because of the the deal they made with TNT and Turner. No, there is no way they're going to do that. I'm gonna say, why not? They have forty fit. They need content. And it's sitting there. I I don't know. It's just sitting there. They own it. It's done. It's in the can. They need content. You just put it there. It's not the worst thing that I think about it. I would imagine it couldn't be any worse than the reaction Star Wars Resistance is getting. <laughs> there'd be enough morbid curiosity for detours people would watch it and i think the fact that it has it would still have some of the george lucas veneer on it i think people would be intrigued by it like i said i, I don't know how you would do an imperial star wars thing without making them come across as bumbling idiots or redeeming them every episode do you have to redeem them yes because I mean, otherwise people won't watch it if you watch like i said you have a a show with a bunch, like you have a moth who's control the Wookiee, like uh, slave labor camp, and every week he just beats the crap out of these poor Wookiees. People aren't going to watch it because they're going to feel bad for the Wookiees. I don't know. 
This, like, that's what I mean, though. It's a, I, I want it to work, dang it. I want to have a Empire-centric... I mean, they do it in the comics all the time. Well, because so nobody comics. reads those. So all, as long as, like, six people buy those every month, they've met their quota. Actually, fun fact, I heard that um, that Star Wars um, Digital is one of the, like, top-selling digital ones. Well, okay, I'm, I'm joking, of course. I didn't mean literally six people. Oh, no, but, I just I just found that out, and I'm like, that's actually interesting. Oh, I, oh I've heard that the Star Wars comic, comics are very popular. But the thing about those is that the budget for a, a, uh, a run, is that the correct term, Zenger, a run? There we go. Thank you. Um, a run oh, I never said you were right. I just said, there you go. Okay, was that correct? Yes. Thank you. It's much cheaper than paying for a, a TV series. And you are getting a TV series. And that's where I think the Mandalorian thing will make sense. Because you can have the Mandalorians be bad guys and have them conflicted. Because the Mandalorians kind of are this giant question mark in Star Wars. In the Legends EU era, they were all... They constantly were at war with each other. And then Lucas made them pacifist, which I remember there was like an interview with Dave Filoni at one point. He couldn't believe Lucas was making the Mandalorians pacifists because it went against everything in the EU. And so it would make sense to make them a conflicted group of people. Whereas with the Imperials, I, I told you, I've read so many books now where I remember there was the Lost Stars book where it was like all, which I thought was really, I think Zenger would like this, where it's almost like a Star Wars Harry Potter where you have everybody going through like the Imperial Academy. Like that's an idea, Zenger. Oh, you yeah. do Star Wars Harry Potter and you have Imperial cadets in the Imperial Academy. Yes. I love that. As an idea, I would love that. Like that, you get to be on Coruscant. Like every once in a while, you get to see a bunch of like Star Wars stuff flash in the background. Like that would be cool though. But I remember in that book with the main characters, or I think one of them is on the Death Star when it blows up Alderaan. And when that happens, every single person they encounter is against a decision. So you're telling me the Death Star was filled with people that didn't agree with a single thing the Empire did? It's like, I, I would imagine some people, it's kind of like, again, the, the the Empire was based off the Nazis of World War II. And of course, there were Nazis that didn't agree with what Hitler was doing, but they, either they were too afraid or they were caught in the uh, the bind of it all, they couldn't get out of it, which doesn't excuse I'm not condoning anything that happened during the Holocaust, just pointing that out. But I'm just saying, though, is that I would imagine there were people who disagreed with it or just were caught in, caught in the events of it all. Yet, at the same time, though, if like, 95% of the people who didn't agree with the Empire was doing, they just walk away. It's like, again, I don't know. There, there, I would imagine, and we've seen it in certain stories of Star Wars, there were sadistic Imperial commanders, and we really haven't seen that. Rebels doesn't even do a good job at that. The only semi-competent Imperial in Rebels is Thrawn, and even half the time with him, he he lets them get away and goes, it's all part of my grand plan, and then he gets kidnapped by to, Ezra to let him get away all the time. Exactly. But, but don't worry, I'll give him one time. Well, yeah, and, th and that's what it comes down to, is that like the, the Imperials are either bumbling idiots, or they're incompetent. And it's like, oh... And, and that is clearly either a specific choice by Lucasfilm, or they just don't know how to do anything else differently. I don't know. Like, I think, again, I'd love to see a TV show about Thrawn and Thrawn's exploits. You, you could do that. Like, it wouldn't be hard to put a guy in blue makeup and red, red contact lenses, and, have, and he doesn't have to be sadistic, but you can have him do all these things. Again, the whole point of the, the Rebel Alliance in the 20 years between uh, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope was the Rebels never could get a foothold until the events of Rogue One. 
So you could have a bunch of these times where the rebellion is just getting kind of stepped on over and over again, or even not even the, the rebellion proper. You could have different um, cells like Emphis Nest. Have them sit there do stuff. And just eventually, you can have it lead into the point where eventually one of the uh, rebel people, or I guess cells of rebellion, lowercase rebellion, maybe gets to meet Mon Mothma and Bail Organa. And maybe you do like a weird sort of like maybe like a Battlestar Galactica where you have like one half is the Zinger, who are the bad guys from Battlestar Galactica? I, I completely just had a Cylons. Blank. Cylons, where half of it is Cylons and half of it is um, the Galactica. It's like maybe that's what you do. Like you do it half and half and you don't make the Imperials idiots. Well, that's the other problem. If you make them bumbling idiots, I mean, the the Empire wasn't a ton of bumbling idiots most of the time. They were very capable individuals for the most part. I mean, Thrawn, uh, Tarkin, Vader, uh, maybe not Vader. Well, Vader's one of the few ones that, no, Vader's, like, well, that was the thing from the original trilogy they seem to have walked away from, was that, I, like I said in my uh, Thrawn Alliances review, Thrawn's, uh, or Vader's, like, like, very impatient with Thrawn, and yet, they make it sound like Vader. Vader just hated it when people wasted his time, in the sense of like, oh, Vader was always willing to like put up with people if they got results, but like if they if they failed him, then they got choked out. And in Throne Alliance, they're like, oh, uh, Vader just hates everyone. Vader just hates everyone, which it's. I think that's funny. The idea is Vader I, hates everybody. I thought I remember reading or seeing somewhere that Vader, like the only Vader hated officers, like despisingly hated most of the officers, and uh, hated most of the stormtroopers. He, he like only I think he only respected stormtroopers. Well, that I, I know what you're talking about. There was because um, like he actually was like they're the ones that get stuff done. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I swore I heard that somewhere that he like had, like, no desire to do anything for officers and only kind of dealt with them because he was forced to. Well, I, I heard the other way around on that, where the officers hated Vader. Oh, they, they did, hated him, too. Well, they hated him because he didn't fit in the military uh, structure of, like, ranking. Mm-hmm. Yet anytime he showed up, they had to do what he said. And they hated that, yet... The stormtroopers loved Vader because he was just this like godlike being that would just walk onto the battlefield and nothing stopped him. Yeah, and that's that's what I heard. So no, that's like I, again, that'd be a really see, that would be interesting to see. But how do you do a imperial TV show? Uh, you could, but if you have Vader even once, people are going to constantly want him to keep showing up. Like it's kind of like Agents of Shield. Well, would it's it be like, that hard to have Vader show up, honestly? But if the no. more and more Vader shows up, you devalue his appearances and other things. There's a reason why you never see Iron Man in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or you never saw... Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, you, you don't see anybody in Daredevil. Like, like if Kevin Feige really wanted to, he could have Ant-Man in Daredevil. If he, like, or in Jessica Jones or any of those. If he really wanted to, the part of the reason why they don't do that is they feel if they bring the big characters to the small screen, it will devalue them. Like it's one thing when Vader shows up in Rebels season two, and he's there for like a few episodes here and there because it's animated. But if we were to have like I don't know uh, the the John Favreau Mandalorian show, and then like well, I have no idea when it takes place, but let's just say Kylo Ren's operating at that time. 
Like, I highly doubt you would see Adam Driver's Kylo Ren show up somewhere during that show. Because it would just be between uh, budgetary reasons, scheduling, and I think in a weird way it devalues the character. Or they see it as a devaluation of the character. I, I, or maybe, I, get, I don't know, I, I, would it be really cool in the John Favreau series to see Poe Dameron show up? Or maybe see... But, but, um, it, but it's okay for Boba Fett to show up. We don't know that for certain, because Boba Fett's a know-nothing character, though. He's just a guy, you don't have to pay uh, Adam Driver or Oscar Isaac to show up on set to do that. Well, do you really have to pay somebody to show up as Vader? No, but Vader, think about Vader's like the Spider-Man of Star Wars. Again, going back to Defenders, you could very easily put a CGI Spider-Man in the background of one shot, or have, think about, you don't need Tom Holland. All you need is Spider-Man to show up and like web, web a bunch of people up that Luke Cage is fighting, and, he, and Luke Cage says, "Thanks, Spidey." And Spidey does like his little like 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 upside down web like salute thing, where he puts his little hand out, and he he goes away. You could very easily that easily have that as like a cold open to like one of those shows. Yet they don't do it because they see it as a devaluation of the character. Plus, I, I know with, with Spider-Man, there's stuff with Sony. I, 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 there's other problems with that. But for the same reason, they could have Iron Man because he's in New York City, too, with Stark Tower. Like, you, you could very easily throw these things in there. Like, again, Robert Downey Jr., you don't need him. You just need Iron Man. You just need the suit of armor. Robert Downey Jr. doesn't own the, the, the iconography of the Maybe Iron Man suit. Maybe for some reason he has something in his contract where he has to portray Iron Man if he's ever put on screen at the moment. And there's, there's stuff in, the, like, the, in like Hong Kong Disneyland where they have the Iron Man ride. And you never see Iron Man without his thing. And if you listen to the the Chinese actor who does the voice, doesn't really sound like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> just like I said, I, I'm just I, I I don't pretend to know 100 percent about this, but there's a reason why you don't see certain certain things. And that was the reason why Lucas didn't know how to do a live action series either, because how do you fit all these Star Wars tropes in here at this? Well, at the same time, trying to do something new while trying to do new characters, get have old characters do appearances. And the animation did that pretty well. The animated shows cracked that cup for the most part. As we're seeing with Resistance, you get Poe Dameron, you're getting Captain Phasma, you're getting Leia. Not hard when, when it comes to voice acting. Like, think about it. Oscar Isaac is a very busy guy. Oscar Isaac, I think, has like three or four films coming out this year. Including an animated thing. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, he's got the Adams Family. Oh, he's really doing that? Really? I thought he was. I know people want him to do it, but I didn't know if he was doing it. I thought he actually was. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I need to that. catch well, up on movie news. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know people want him to be uh, the father, but I, I don't know for certain. But it's one thing. Think about Oscar Isaac is very busy. They can bring him into a recording studio for six hours whenever he has a free moment. They don't need to, they don't need to do hair and makeup or wardrobe or fittings for outfits or stunt actors. It's easier to do that, though. And that's why... Again, going back to the Mandalorian thing, all you gotta do is put a bunch of actors in uh, uh, Boba Fett costumes and have them run around. And if they want to do like have, if they do want to have like a big name, just hire like voice actor or not voice actors. I mean, like hire like, like they did with Rocket Raccoon and Bradley Cooper. And, like, just hire a big name to do the voice of the characters. If they're all wearing helmets anyway, you don't need to see their face. There's a weird sort of dynamic to TV shows, and I think that's why Lucasfilm keeps doing the animation thing, because they've cracked the code and they have it down to a science logistically. Zach, Zach you're saying that the, um, 
trailer for Star Wars Resistance has a lot of dislikes. Where are you seeing yes. that from? I don't, on I don't, YouTube. Is it on the Star Wars channel? Disney. Disney. It's on, right. it's on the Disney YouTube channel. Type in Star Wars Resistance trailer. It's like the first one that shows up. Uh Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my. 10K <laughs> likes. 68K dislikes. Jesus. Oh, wow. No wonder Star so- Wars didn't, didn't put it on their channel. And this has nothing to do with toxicity of the Star Wars brand right now. Or I don't think it's doing it. It's definitely not doing anything to help it. I will say that right now. The top rated comments are, quote, Okay, kid, you're on a life or death mission for the Resistance. Therefore, I want you to be goofy and plucky and bounce off the walls like a youngling with ADHD. And the second one is, can we get this new kid Star Wars dislikes higher than Ghostbusters 2016? Thank you. Yeah. Those those are the two highest comments. Okay. Oh wow. This looks horrendous. Here's another one. Say goodbye Disney. Goodbye next gen SJWBS Star Wars. Goodbye Wallet. This is an interesting one. This animation looks like RWBY. I have no idea what that is. I like RWBY, but this is just pathetic coming from the biggest media franchise ever. Here are the comments. Why do you have to ruin Star Wars even more, Disney? Haven't you done enough? I apologize for anything bad I've said about Jar Jar. Okay. Um, I just want to point out something. Even if I don't like this, this doesn't ruin Star Wars for me. I don't have to watch it. It doesn't ruin the original movies for me. It doesn't ruin the new movies. It just is something that I don't care about. Like... Because technically, if you read all the comics and all the books and all that stuff, I'm pretty sure there's something in there that, that would make you be like, this is ruining Star Wars. It's like, then just don't read it or don't take it in as something. Exactly. Just, just take the I... movies as something that that's, that's what you're going to like. Exactly. I mean, this is a big franchise. It's, yeah. Shut up, computer. <laughs> there's going to be something that isn't going to be a slam dunk for someone. And it's like, well, you don't have to read it, you know. Not, not everything is going to be universally loved. <laughs> Here's one. Vader movie, no. Boba Fett movie, no. Obi-Wan movie, no. Old Republic movie, no. Star Wars Resistance, yes. George Lucas, please come back. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure what George Lucas had to do with animation, but whatever. This is, the same, I mean, this is the same fan base that cheered his departure in 2012 and less than six years later wants him back. Yeah, and this guy has an avatar of a potato with a face on it. <laughs> well, that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mean, you, you you think tweets? You, you think you've seen bad tweets and stuff? Oh man, YouTube comment section has that game beat. And we haven't been... read. Oh man, will there be Rotten Tomatoes reviews of Star Wars Resistance? I already checked. I couldn't f- find anything. Yet I don't think you it. can find that. And now I'm looking right over now, yeah. stuff that's been canceled. Okay. I don't think All you're right. going to be able to find Rotten Tomatoes as something that hasn't come out yet. It's, it's really like two more. Uh, uh, here's one. I've seen better animation on the Game Boy Color. Oh, that's <laughs> not fair. Uh, here's one. And I thought Rebels was for kids. Oh, man. All right. I think we can pretty much stop here because we can go all day with this. Yes. <laughs> all right, Zanger. Anything else you want to bring up? I'd really like to see something focused on the Empire because I, I feel our... Our boys in white deserve some respect. I mean, they're out there trying to stop this resistance that we cannot stop glorifying and 
this this so-called Princess Leia is out there commanding this this rebellion against our empire, and we need to bring her down. Odoron was just a shill for the rebellion, and the empire had every right to destroy it. Now, I'm not saying they're putting metachlorians in the water or anything, but I'm pretty sure the rebels have, have something behind it. Now, me, Galactic Alex Jones, is, is 100% with our empire on this one. The emperor knows what he's doing. I mean, we wouldn't have elected him if he didn't. Hey, hey, hey there, Alex Jones, Star Wars version. Wait, wait, wait yeah, a second. Don't I'm blow gonna... away the April 1st version. I gotta practice that at some point. Do it into the mirror. Do it, do it on your way to work every morning. I just do it at work every day. <laughs> All right, Mark, anything else you want to say about this, or can we wrap it up? I, I think I'm good. I well, mean, adventure times can't. Well, yeah. I, I I guess once we see more clips or something, you know, like interviews or something like any, you know, pre-release preview material, we can talk more about it. But uh, well, we'll certainly be reviewing this. I know that's for sure. Yep, yeah, I'll probably be subscribing to the, you know, the uh, on iTunes on for the since I don't have you know cable, um, I'll, I'll do a subscription on iTunes. And, Hopefully it's oh, not boy. expensive, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think the uh, Rebels one were like thirty dollars a season, but uh, Ooh, thirty or forty dollars. Uh, yeah. That's why I don't buy the. Uh, that's why I don't buy the Blu-rays. Yeah, you know, for the season for Rebels, except for season one, I don't buy the. I, I don't buy Blu-rays because I already have them on digital. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm probably missing like the bonus stuff, but probably not missing that much. So, but no. anyhow. We are here with, we're calling this a new segment, Force Ghost Jim's Corner. We are on the swamps of Dagobah. We are also on the Octo Tree. We are live with Force Ghost Jim himself. Jim, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Zach. Good to see everybody. I must say, you have a very nice blue shimmer to you. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working on it. While we're talking, please know... Uh, doing lightning to any trees nearby, all right? Okay, if you insist. So, Jim, much like what we discussed with the other guys, I shared with you the Star Wars Resistance trailer and the Episode Nine photo set leaks. Of those two, which would you like to discuss first? We could talk about the, the Resistance show, if you want. I, um, I've seen the trailer before, and then you sent it to me, and my first impression is... This show is not intended for me. Being back from the original stuff back in 77 and, of course, going through it all, this show is not intended for me. It's intended for indoctrination for younger people who are new to the characters. It looks okay. It reminds me of the Tron cartoon that Disney had a few years back in terms of the animation style on it. And I enjoyed the Tron cartoon also. This show is really intended. And then, you know, they're talking about different, you know, different things about trying to find a spy and all that. That's been done in G-Wiz. It's been done in Clone Wars. It's been done Rebels. Well, I watch it, sure. But this is not really intended for me. This is intended for the new upcoming Star Wars fans, introductions and that type of. It's, you know, it's, well, I watch it, sure. But it's not intended for me. Well, it's interesting you brought up Tron Uprising, and apparently this is the same animation house that did Tron Uprising. 
it makes sense because the animation is spot on, identical to it. And that's, I think, the thing that's probably hurting this show the most is that it's the most cartoony. Right. And I think, I, I, you know, yes, Rebels and Clone Wars and all that were obviously animated. This just looks a little too plush, if that's the correct term. Right. It looks too kitty. It looks it looks like a Sunday morning cartoon. And uh, like I said, and that's I think that's certainly not doing the show any favors. But if anybody remembers, like all the first glimpses we got of Star Wars: The Clone Wars Rebels, they all look that way though. Like that's the only thing. Well, I, got I, I hope maybe they change it. I hope maybe they change it up. Maybe they see if they get a following and get some more money in the budget. It's, uh, but yeah, it's definitely cartoony, and I, I mean, it's all right. It's just not intended for me. They don't care if I watch this. They don't. They're not intending it me. It's not on a channel that adults would tend to go back and watch. Maybe their kids or grandkids, maybe drag that way because it, it just—that's my first impression I got. And I go, this isn't meant for me. These are all new characters from the the new round, and. Uh, that's what I was thinking. My first initial reaction to that was. Gotcha. And that seems to be the popular consensus because if you go to the uh, YouTube page, it has 10,000 likes in 67. Well, it was when we recorded this 67,000 down likes or downvotes. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's, it is what it is. Well, I have a question. Why do you think star Wars fans are not capable of taking the approach that you're taking? Where this is not meant for me, an adult. Why is it that Star Wars fans feel everything must appeal to them? And if it doesn't, it must be bad and, and destroyed. Well, because they're lifelong fans and they take it personally. But at the same, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, though. But doesn't the adult part of this, like, you're a lifelong fan. Right. And you're not taking it as a personal affront. No, no it's, it's marketing and what they want to do. They've got to set this up for future. Mind you, the kids aren't the ones that have the money. My generation is the one that has the money to buy all the things and do all that. But if they get their kids and grandkids in it, they're going to get my money out of me anyway. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it looks good, but it's cartoony. I enjoyed the Tron, you know, upright. I enjoyed that. But the Star Wars, again, Disney, I would love, 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 love to talk to, or at least figure out what their marketing strategy is. And what their plan going forward is, it's clearly, but it's it's kind of like they've hit a reset button, Zach. Mm -hmm. They've hit a reset button. They've killed off a couple of the main characters. I'm so surprised the last movie, they didn't destroy the Millennium Falcon. I kept waiting for that to happen. Uh, but it's like they're setting this all up so they can reset it and start over again. Because now, look at you're dealing with. You're dealing with Resistance and Rebels again, just like Episode 4. Well, know, that Leading up to that. Well, that's one thing I wanted to pick your brain about is that I, I keep trying. It's funny you mentioned the fact that the word reset being the key term there is that you look at what they're doing at Disney World and Disneyland and pretty much every Disney resort on the face of the earth. Right. It's, it's all being based around this new planet called Batu, And it's going to be taking place, obviously, during the sequel trilogy era. You're going to have Kylo Ren there. Uh, uh, resistance, first order, and it, it's it's complete, and which is obviously firmly Disney era of Star Wars. Right. And I don't know about you. Obviously, you are you've been a longer fan of Star Wars than I have. 
But when I think of a Star Wars theme park, what's the one thing you would expect from a Star Wars theme park? Or, or I guess a, a, if they, they have it already, Star Wars part of the theme parks, but like a whole land. What's the one thing you would expect from a Star Wars land at a Disney park? Oh, you'd have Death Star. You'd have uh, Cantina. There, bingo. Um, you got it, Cantina. Yeah. If there's if there's one thing a Star Wars fan has always wanted, they want to walk into the Mos Eisley Cantina. Right. Exactly. Or have, walk the have, halls of or walk the halls of the Death Star. One of the two, or an, or an Imperial, or a, a Star Destroyer. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's the thing that makes me so confused about like what Disney's doing. Because even like you know, there are people that enjoy the sequel trilogy. I, and I've said it before that the Last Jedi at this point is my favorite Star Wars film. I, I, there's nothing in the Last Jedi that I want to visit. Like I don't want to go to the casino planet. I don't want to go right. to the the ship, the, the Leia ship, the Radis. I don't want to go there. I want Mos Eisley. I don't know how you would do Hoth or maybe even Cloud City. I'd love to go to Cloud City. And right. yet, and yet they're taking this very specific uh, time frame of Star Wars that that's not even time tested. Like I get not right. doing the diner from Attack of the Clones. Like I get not doing that or the Jedi Temple, like things that aren't exactly the most exciting or popular, but to, but to do something that a isn't time tested and B by two is a wholly new thing for Star Wars. Like, like, obviously, right. what, what Disney's trying to do is emulate uh, what Universal did with Harry Potter. And the reason why Harry Potter was so successful was because you got to go to all the locations from the Harry Potter films. Right. And yet, Disney is looking at this, and they're, they're, they're I guess, taking one element of it uh, in this part of, let's recreate Star Wars in the flesh. But they're doing it with iconography and vis uh, visual imagery that nobody's familiar with. It's going to be an interesting run because it'll be Star Wars World, which will be fine. But the problem's going to be is that connection. That connection. And I guess they're hoping that the kids will have that connection. And then that sets up the future consumers. And that's the only thing I can think of is what they're trying to do. They're not worried about the past. Because my group's getting older. I mean, I'm 49 years old. What do they care about me and a new hope? They don't. They think they're really setting themselves up for a future run of creating their own, well, their own Disney Star Wars universe and getting away from the Lucasfilm universe. Best I can yeah. tell. Yeah, and that's and that's the one thing I can't. That's a mistake. That's a mistake on their part. It's a huge mistake. That's and that's what I don't get though with them. Is that they're not stupid people. No. But they're making this like I and that's what people have to realize is that like, you've heard obviously all the people boy the, the boycott of Star yeah. Wars or hashtag not my Star Wars. Right. And and Disney is very clearly trying to reorient Star Wars in the era yeah. that they have control over. Right. They're uh like I said, I'm surprised it didn't blow up the Millennium Falcon and replace it with something else. Well, I would. Well, this is the one thing I'm curious because we haven't got into the podcast. We haven't done any sort of speculation on Episode Nine yet, right? And I wonder how much of Episode Nine is is this sequel trilogy just meant to wrap up all the loose ends of what Lucas did, 
And then when we get like the Ryan Johnson trilogy or the stuff that the Game of Thrones guys are doing, will that truly be, is this a transition point that we're not even aware we're in right now? And all I the would stuff suspect that- that's the case. I would, I would suspect that's the case. I think they're going to wipe out anything associated with the past. You've got the new order, which is not the empire. You've got, you know, it's they're Well, even, you know, they're all, even look at solo. They did look at what they did with solo. They did some different things with solo. You know, I, I think they're, they're just trying to create their own universe. That's theirs. I don't know why they're trying to reinvent the whole thing wheel, let alone the whole universe, but I think they're missing the mark unless they're a hell of a lot smarter than me. They're eliminating my money. Like I enjoyed the celebration days, Disney days at, at Star Wars, and that was just people in costumes, the 501st and whatever. I enjoyed those a lot when I went. They have an opportunity here to recreate that and hit an absolute home run, put new stuff in there, but put it grounded in what it is. And where it, it's history and where it came from. And they're not trying to do that. They're almost acting like it's, it didn't happen. Yeah. They're totally erasing it. Well, yeah. Or, or what I guess maybe not. A, oh, that's the weird thing, though, with this is that the original trilogy works. And I, this is the thing that I would figure they'd be smart enough to do. Because like with, with any sort of Disney attraction, they usually get about 20 years out of it. And they start and they demolish it and they start something. They, they put something else in its spot. I guess they're just trying to make it new and fresh and try to bring new people in and hoping everybody else kind of tags along. I don't know. I, I think there's also this thing from Disney, too, that they're kind of like a tidal wave and, and nothing's going to stop them. It's just you go along no. with the flow or you don't. Right. This is what Star Wars is. You like it or you don't. But the only thing about those that like you hear all the stuff that like Universal Studios is doing where there's going to be even more Harry Potter. Like people don't realize how successful that Harry Potter thing was for them. They may like, usually how these theme park things are. They usually make their money back after about 2 years. They get back their investment and, and the profit starts to kick in. With the Harry Potter in Florida, they made they started making a profit on that within 3 months of opening it because of just how profound that success was. And Disney, oh, yeah. that was, and that was and Harry Potter was the first time, or I guess Harry Potter theme parks, that was the first time Disney ever kind of got kicked in the mouth when it came to theme parks. They got beat at their own game. Right. And, 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 and so they tried doing it with James Cameron's Avatar. And even though, that, from what I've read and from what I hear, that's wildly successful. Oh, they say it's phenomenal. I've not seen it, but everybody's ever seen it says it's amazing. It's yes, but imagine if anybody actually cared about Avatar. Right. I, I, it's like Avatar is the most successful film in history, yet yet I don't think anybody has an Avatar poster hung up in their room. Like no, it's it's this weird thing where there's like, people enjoy it as a uh, like Jim. You remember Disney back twenty years ago? When you would go to Disney, they had rides that weren't based on movies. That's kind of like what Avatar is, even though there's one movie. It's 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 a theme park land based on a movie, and yet there's not that much attachment to it other than just specific names here and there. And and so like when you do go back to the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Batu, maybe that's what it is they're going for. They kind of want this where we're maybe looking at it the wrong way, and that we're we're seeing it as oh they're not giving us what we want. 
whereas maybe their interpretation is is that it's a blank canvas for for the guest. Yeah, I guess, and 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 maybe they'll have some movie tie-in with it, or a series tie-in with it that gives it some meat. That's what makes the other stuff so cool. That's what made Harry Potter cool. You're there in the world. You know, I've seen it on television. I want to be there, but you know, when they, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. We'll see if our predictions are accurate. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's it's weird because like even the stuff I've read about the uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. The the like there's there was one character they because obviously again Kylo Ren's supposed to be there, but like one of the characters that I said would be there and I, I I'm not even sure if I'm remembering the character correctly. There's a character named Val, and for some reason they had like concept art. Huh. And I'm like I'm like why does this character sound so familiar? And the character looked like vaguely familiar, and I'm like and for some reason it was just resonating. Like I, I'm remember for some reason I'm not remembering anything. But I know what this character is. And I looked it up, and this character, who whose name may or may not be Val, was in the Phasma novel as a oh, okay. B-plot in the Phasma novel. Oh, wait, this is this is one of the I, – I read that Phasma book, and it was fine. It was, it was, it was a uh, decent way to waste time. But it was a B-plot where you had this character called the, Car- the Cardinal, and he, was, he basically was like Phasma – but he had uh, red armor and he had like a silver cape and Val was a resistance spy who eventually saved him from being killed by Phasma. And they kind of just disappear off into the ether together. And that's the sort of stuff that they are trying to do a level of uh, connectivity to it. But how many people bought the Phasma novel? And well, I no, and that's it. it. Unless, yeah, exactly. And and that's what I mean, though. It's like I think that's cool. That they are trying to connect it, but they're doing it with some of the most weird, uh, oh God, tangent things possible. And I, I can't figure out how that's going to make them obscure money. Obscure stuff, obscure stuff, obscure stuff. You're absolutely right because I, I don't under. And maybe there's a plan. Maybe it'll. I I just. I feel like they're missing the ball. I understand what they're doing. Will I go? Absolutely. But as like I said before, this is not my Star Wars. This is the next generations of Star Wars. This is this is meant for the young kids that you know run up to Ray at the five at the at the events and give hugs and the Kylo Rens and these people will eventually they'll be tricked out to the point where Darth Vader won't even be a player in this, and that's just so hard to believe. Yeah, and I think it's it's um on my my movie podcast that I do cinema these, um my co-host and I there were talking about the Beatles Yellow Submarine and how if you think you know the Beatles were once obviously Beatles Mania was before your time Jim. Right. But right, right. But, but the Beatles were this kind of larger than life thing in society like as infamously as John Lennon said we're we're bigger than Jesus. And you think that we were talking about like just the, the the socio-cultural impact of the Beatles on culture these days. And we were talking about like Pink Floyd and the fact that you go walk through like a Target, you'll see like a toddler's Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon t-shirt. Right. Y- yet you won't see a Beatles Let It Go or Abbey Road t-shirt for toddlers. And we were talking about the fact that like even though the Beatles like the Beatles are still a household name 50 years later they are slowly diminishing in the cultural and i'm sorry in the culture 
And we yeah, were you wondering, know what else is like that? Elvis. Elvis is the same thing like that. And so we were kind of wondering, and we, I obviously, me being Mr. Star Wars, I brought this back to Star Wars and kind of like what happened after Solo bombed at the box office. To, uh, imagine telling somebody who grew up during Beatles mania that in 50 years, like the Beatles are still discussed, but they're not held on this, or they're not held in this such high regard as they once were. Right. And maybe that's what's happening with Star Wars right now. Maybe like, everybody sits there and looks at, like Avengers Infinity War makes two billion dollars at the box office, yet Solo couldn't even make four hundred. I think Star Wars is aging out. It's going to change into something else. It'll have the Star Wars name on it, but it's not going to resemble what I grew up with or liked. And that's that's just natural because if it doesn't change, it becomes like the Beatles or it becomes like Elvis. Yeah, you know? and it just makes it makes you wonder though: is that how much how much will Disney do? Because after a while, let's let's just say, for example, Episode Nine has a—it's going to make more money than Solo did. But let's just say that it does have a diminished return compared to Last Jedi, which was considered uh, a dip in box office compared to what they would have wanted. And after a while, these things don't make enough money to warrant their uh, almost half a million dollars in cost. I'm sorry, half a billion dollars in cost. How much longer will Disney just say, "Okay, we'll still do theme park stuff because we can't, we can't, <laughs> we're not going to tear that down"? But how much longer until we don't like the movies just start to trickle to an end? Just basically become people don't want to go see them. Well, and and they've just made some bad choices and bad marketing. I hope they get it together. I hope they wait a few years after this episode nine comes out because I think episode nine will tie up loose ends. Episode nine will give it a, a leaping off point to go on, and. Uh, It'll be it just it'll be named Star Wars, but it'll be something different. It, it won't again. All these people are upset and go. You know what? If you want that, you know maybe they should have a show that comes back and harkens back to the original characters. You know, like they're doing, like they did Clone Wars or something like that. But the problem is, they're thinking about the future. The past does not interest them. As a rule of thumb, they're they're a company wanting to make money and they want you know the future. And the future seems to be. You want to do this whole new reinvention of the wheel and new characters and all that, which is fine because that's what Star Wars was when it came out. It's just an evolution of changing it up, you know. And I mean, they don't really care if they're upsetting the the the, the fifty something or the sixty something or the seventy something. They don't care. That's not their future. That's not who's buying their stuff. That's not the future of the park. It's the young people. And that's why when people sit there blame Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi, and they blame him for killing Luke Skywalker off, and it's like, folks, Ryan Johnson does not get to unilaterally decide if Luke Skywalker dies. It's it's so many layers of a committee in corporate think that even if it was his idea, that it has to go through. Nothing. That's the fun thing. Well, not the fun thing, but that's the thing about Star Wars now, where before everyone complained about Lucas. Lucas was at least uh, one man who had final say over everything. Now, right now it's committees and bureaucracy. Lucas is probably the only time in entertainment history where you had this super duper beyond imaginable uh, franchise, and one man had the final say at the end of the day. Here's another way to look at it, Zach. They're taking the Star Wars name and slapping it on Resistance, but it's really not Star Wars. 
It's this new thing they're coming up with. They're using the trademark of Star Wars to keep the interest on it, but they're turning it into something else. Their new Star Wars, I bet at this point, you could name it something completely different after they get done with this next set of movies, uh, this next movie and stuff. But they keep Star Wars because it's what they paid for. But, it, you know, and that's what I think Like we're hearkening back to what people are upset with. And you know what? You, they're not making movies for you, whoever you are upset with. This movie's not intended for you. This movie's intended for the younger people coming up, the consumers and their families. Not intended for you. It's, you know, you can enjoy the ride. They want you to enjoy it and buy the movie tickets, but. We're not the future. I'm not the future of Star Wars. I'm hell. I'm almost fifty years old. <laughs> Jim, you keep saying that as if you're like ninety. No, but I'm saying, but in, but in terms of, you know what I mean? It's, oh yeah, I, oh I know. It's, it's I'm the buying purchaser. power, things like that. Yeah. Well, my generation has the money, but the problem is, is they've got to think about the future, and and the future is the new, this new thing. I'm not as like I said, it's hard for me too because you know they're killing off my main characters. They're they're doing different things with them, but. It's a natural evolution, or do you just think fondly of the Beatles and enjoy your life as that, or Elvis? You know, is that what you want? Is that what you want Star Wars to do? Because if that's what you want, that's really disappointing. You just go back and live in your childhood. That's fine, you know. And that's not, but that's not real world, and that's not what happens in life. I mean, at least it's evolving into something else, like Star Trek. Star Trek did the same thing, and the people that are upset with it, I'm sorry you're upset with it, but. This movie's not intended for you. It's not your. You're exactly right. It's not your Star Wars. You can enjoy it, not take it personally. This is for the future, not you. This is your Star Wars is made just like my Star Wars with my kids. My kids love my Star Wars stuff, but they really enjoy the new stuff. You know, like Lauren's favorite movie besides Rogue One is The Last Jedi, and I could take Last Jedi or leave it. And you know what? But that's I enjoyed it. It was Star Wars. I went to the movie opening night, saw it. But, you know, these people are taking it too personal. My word. It's unfortunate in one respect, though, but uh, if you truly love something, you have to let it evolve. Well, and, you know, and there'll be things I like about it and things I don't like about it. But you know what? This looking back through rosy glasses, I'm sorry, is, is not real life. And you didn't feel about that. There's no way in the world you felt that way about that movie when you saw it back in the 70s and 80s. There was things you liked about it and things you didn't like. You're just doing uh, nostalgia at that point. And there's no way in the world anything can live up to nostalgia. It just doesn't happen. It is not going to happen. You're not if you look if you're doing that, nothing will ever rate up. But it. it just won't because you're judging against something that didn't exist and didn't happen. That's fine. I understand it. And then the the photos, the photos basically show them with me looking at something. It's good to see Chewbacca in there. The light, big horses. There's a character standing on the hill. Uh, you know, it's it's. There's Poe, who was supposed to be written off in the first movie. You still have him around. And, of course, then you got everybody. I, it's It looks interesting. It's glad to see it. It's not taking place on uh, – that's not Kashyyyk, obviously. But, you know, it, it's nice to see the characters. Nice seeing you go. When's that movie supposed to come out, Zach? December 2019. So we got well over a year. Well, good. And, you know, it's it, one thing that's other that's nice about it is there hasn't been – seemed to have been a lot of drama about it been going into production quietly there doesn't you know i mean there's not a lot of hubbub about it give it time <laughs> hopefully it, it holds itself together and again will i enjoy it but i'm not going to enjoy it as much as my 18 year old daughter my 18 year old daughter absolutely loves the last jedi and will probably like this one too it's just not it's just not intended to make me happy 
Well, I have a question. Did your, did your daughter, the younger one, what was her response to Solo? She liked Solo. She liked it. Of course, she hadn't read many of the books, so she was just exposed to the movie and how it fit into what she knew about it, where I would read a lot of the books as a child and all that stuff. She was fine with it. She didn't like as much as Rogue One. It was better than I expected. I enjoyed it a lot, more than I ever dreamed I would like it. And I, wanted, I want to dress up as the uh, patrol trooper. I love the patrol trooper costume. It was only seen for, what, 15 seconds online? <laughs> I mean, 15 seconds in the movie? Something it's like the, that. The motorcycle. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and that's when they introduced a bunch of new characters and did a bunch of different things with that they could go on a variety of different games. You know, and maybe they'll go, maybe they'll go with the uh, Marvel Universe formula and eventually tie everything together at some point. Like we talked, we've mentioned that before, hadn't we? Well, yeah, everything's tied together. Like that's Star Wars has never had that problem, but the but the issue is that it's also getting so large right. that it's starting to collapse. Maybe under like that's like I, I can people have to realize. I think Star Wars has more problems than we can ever imagine. Right. Because as much as much as we talk, I, I know you had the famous comment when we should discuss Rogue One was that they made a forty year old film relevant again. Or they kept it relevant, I guess was your, your right. exact phrasing. And the, the issue with that, though, is that how do you make this stuff all work and you make everything... like It's kind of like what happened at the end of Solo. You, you reintroduce Darth Maul to an audience that assumed he died almost 20 years earlier. Right, and probably had not watched Rebels. Exactly. And so, you or, or Clone Wars... And that's the problem. It kind of goes back to my example with the, the character of Val right. from the Phasma novel yeah. and the Star Wars thing at Disney. It's like you can, you can uh, put all these characters and take them out and plug them into different locations. But after a while, how much of that A, works, and B, if it does work, how is it even appreciated? No, and that's, and, and you're, and that's exact because you're exactly right on, Zach. They could have put a main character in there, I would have liked to have seen him put Darth Vader in that spot. I would rather have seen, being old school, either Grand Moff Tarkin in that, or Krennic, or even Darth Vader having their hand in that one. Why Darth Maul? I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that, that's a, you know, I, I liked it. Uh, so, uh, just me, myself, and I, I liked it because right. it, it comes out of nowhere. Um, I feel you disinf... Like for a movie... That needed all the help that it could. Yes. That disenfranchised a lot. Like not even a bad way. He didn't tell people. It wasn't like it told them to go blank themselves. But right. it it turned people looked at that because everybody, even if you weren't a Star Wars fan, in the summer of 1999, everybody Darth Maul was ubiquitous. He was he was the right. face of Star Wars during that era, right. and to bring him back. It's not, it's not even bring him back. That's the weird thing because he's technically dead again. Like that's the fun thing. It's really weird talking about Star Wars because half the characters are still alive, but it depends on the continuity or uh, the where your time right. frame you're looking at. And I don't know though because I feel certain. I think maybe that's what Disney is trying to do. They're trying to move away from that. So if they keep everything in the post Return of the Jedi sequel trilogy era, they don't have to worry about any of that. But like you said though. It's not like they didn't have a choice with Maul. They clearly could have they could have taken that scene out altogether. You don't even need that scene. All he needs, you see, um, Beck uh, or what's her name, 
Kira tells Sol- Han Solo, yeah. I'll catch right up with you. He walks out. We see Beckett and Chewie with the the oh God, the canisters. Right. And next thing, Han, obviously Han confronts Beckett. He shoots Beckett. Beckett tells him, like, you gotta be careful, kid. And it's like, no, no. And then we see Kira fly away. Darth Maul is an Easter egg solely for the fact of an Easter egg. Right, but he, instead of being an Easter egg, he was a distraction. Yes, and you know he's a fun distraction for hardcore fans. Right. He does, and obviously that was setting up to making him the villain. Maybe if Solo was a success, was a success when we got Solo Two, Solo Harder, you'd figure maybe Darth Maul was the was going to be the mastermind behind this new criminal syndicate. I don't know, but it's just it's, it's a weird thing to do, and considering that Solo most likely will be a one-off film. It's a very, it's like what they did with uh, Batman versus Superman and like all those other ones where they'll introduce yeah. certain elements that will never get paid off because it didn't make enough money. Well, and the problem is if it was for payoff and that, they should have brought, like they did with Rogue One, they gave Vader his 20 seconds in the hallway where he killed everybody. That's what everybody wanted. That's what everybody wanted. Hell, there were standing ovations in when, when I, that theater happened. When I saw Rogue One, when he did that, you know, they had an opportunity to, you know, bring in that and they chose not to do it. They chose to go differently. So that's why, you know, I think they're getting away from the original trilogy and focusing on their new order and their new characters. And then they'll weed them out, kill them off as fast as they possibly can. So they don't have to worry about it. And it's it'll be all new and fresh and they can do what they want. I think that's what they're going for, because clearly they're trending in that. It's like everybody. It's funny when uh, Force Awakens wasn't released yet. Everyone was crying over, we want more post-Return of the Jedi content. Who would have thought that'd be the ultimate example of, there are only two tragedies in life, not getting what you want and getting what you want. Be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Because we're going to be living in that era, I think, for the foreseeable future of Star Wars fandom. Right. And then, you know, will they occasionally do a throwback movie, probably, to keep us interested in the original trilogy? I think that's what they'll do, do standalone movies. But their continuity stuff and their banking on is their new version of Star Wars. is a whole new version. And that's fine because it's got to change or it dies. If it doesn't evolve, it's done. And it still may be done. At least they're going to give it a shot. You know, and, I, and if I get a standalone movie every few years of something from the original trilogy... I'll be fine with it. That brings back the characters that I know and love. That's what everybody's pissed off about. They're not getting the characters they know and love and identify with. That's what they're upset about. And the worlds and their planets. You know, that's that's what this new group is getting with their stuff. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to talk to a, a Star Wars fan that's growing up during this era, you know, and have them on the show because they'll have yeah. a completely different take than what than I would even have. They would see it as completely different. Like when we do the troops, the young kids all run the Kylo Ren, Ray, Poe. They run to all those characters. They don't run to the stormtroopers so much. They do that, but like Darth Vader, but they, they get the Kylo Ren as the young kids and the Rays for the girls. It's not even, you know what I mean? That's their characters. And you know what? We had those characters when we were kids. We had Han Solo. We had Princess Leia and all that. This is just a new generation of their favorite character. You can see it. The adults run over and get pictures with Darth Vader. The kids run over and get pictures with Kylo Ren. That's the way that is. 
It's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Star Wars uh, fan base evolves over the next few years. Well, and they don't care if the 30-somethings, the 40-somethings, and the 50-somethings are getting mad. Because they know they're going to go get their money one way or another. But that's not their future. That is not the future of, the, of this franchise. It's not. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at KOB Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Check out our Facebook group if you want to see all sorts of wacky shenanigans that uh, people get into. Come see the Pork Knight, folks. He's great. You can go see the Pork Knight on Twitter, though. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Rogue Knight, K-N-I-T-E. And on the Sam Oddies podcast, where we'll be talking about Animal Collective's Odd Sack. It's a Rob's choice to tell you everything you need to know about it. Alrighty, guys, where can people find you? You can find me uh, still waiting to uh, get an opportunity to build that Kessler Millennial Falcon. But until then, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MarkFanPatriot. And you can find me playing the Big Bang Theory Mad Libs, a.k.a. how they write all their jokes. Insert one fandom here, insert another fandom here, connect it with some thing and put a laugh track over it. I'm not saying I can write for them, but it's really that easy. Oh, is Young Sheldon canceled? We can oh, only hope. Please, hold on, hold on, hold on. I might have answered this. There's a oh, Young come Sheldon. come on! Renewed. Maybe you can do a crossover with Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Have a good night. Bye. Good night, everyone. Day. I don't know when you're listening to this. Good day to everyone.